Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to subscribe to our Journey Callaway YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. Happy New Year, everyone. I think we are all excited to be starting a new year. And as we begin this year, I want to ask you a question. In the next year, what do you want? You don't have to spend much time thinking about that, do you? You already know the answer to it. Well, We'd all like for COVID to disappear. You're ready for that to go away. And if you have kids who are in school, you want your kids to get in school and stay in school all year. That would be an amazing gift. And while we're at it, we'd all like some more money. Maybe you want promotion at work. You'd like to lose some weight. You'd like to get a date, whatever the thing is. I mean, it wouldn't take you long if we were sitting down talking for you to rattle off a list of things that you want this year. We can't kid ourselves. We spend a lot of time thinking about this, don't we? We know exactly what we want, but... Unfortunately, I got a little bad news. The title of this series is not how to get what you want. I can't help you with that. That's not what we're going to talk about for the next few episodes. What we're going to talk about is how to get what you really want. So let me ask you this question. What do you really want? Now see, these two questions are actually different. This question is all about the immediate. This question is all about self-satisfying and self-gratifying. But this question right here, what goes a whole lot deeper And what you have to understand and what I need to understand as we begin this year is simply this, that we'll never get what we really want until we discover what we value. Because what you value defines who you are. What you value determines what you're known for. And when you stop and think about it, what you want now is actually probably very different from what you really want later, what you want to be known for. I mean, when you're in high school, you want one thing, But you want to be known for something different when you look back on your high school years. When you're in college, you want one thing, but when you look back, you hope you're known for something different in your fraternity, your sorority, or, you know, however you were engaged and involved in college. I mean, what we all want is more money. But I bet there's not a one of us that wants to be known as someone who's always wanting more money. No, we want to be known as a generous person, don't we? What we want is the next promotion at work and the next promotion and let's get as much as I can get accomplished at work. But what we really want to be known for is someone who put people before work and we didn't put the interest of ourselves above the interest of somebody else. I mean, what we all want is pleasure, if we were honest. What we want to be known for, though, well, that's character. There's a big difference between what we want and what we really want. What we really want always goes back to what we value, what we care about the most. And so, this should be easy. I shouldn't have to spend the next few episodes talking about this because it should be as simple as all of us going, well, let me just figure out what I value and then I'm just going to start making decisions about what I want most instead of what I want now. I'm going to prioritize the ultimate for me over the immediate. Simple. I'll just align my actions with my values and everything will be good. The problem is, you already know this, I don't have to tell you, it's not that easy, is it? It's actually really, really difficult. And Part of the problem that we all have is no amount of education, sophistication, no amount of self-discipline and self-will, none of that stuff will actually fix our problem. None of that stuff will help us align our values and our actions. We've tried all that, and it doesn't work. It's just not that easy. There is something deeper, and this is what I want to suggest and spend the next few episodes talking about. There is something deeper going on inside of you and me that causes us to choose the immediate over the ultimate. 
And when you choose the immediate over the ultimate, you end up, well, you already know, with regret, don't you? So do I. We've all been there. You know what regret is? Regret is when you get what you want, but it doesn't give you what you wanted. How many of us could tell stories? I mean, these are actually the stories none of us want to tell, aren't they? These are the stories that when you start to think about them, you think, mm, I, I hope I don't have to relive that or rehash that one again. We're all carrying some of this regret. So why in the world would we make choices that we know we're going to end up leading to regret? Why do we self-sabotage? Why do we keep choosing the immediate over the ultimate? Why do we keep saying, this is what I want now, and so I'm going to take it, even if it doesn't lead me in the direction of what I want most? Well, I think the reason, I think the answer for that is real simple. Choosing valuable is unnatural to all of us. Choosing what we value most, well, that does not come easily. That does not come naturally. Left to yourself, you're never going to get there. Another way of saying it is simply this, that what we naturally want is often in conflict with what we ultimately want. And this word right here is important. This word right here is what you and I have to figure out. Until we learn to win this battle, until we learn to win this conflict, we're going to keep choosing the immediate over the ultimate, what we want now over what we want most, over and over and over again. Because thinking long term and saying, well, this is what I want to be known for, and this is what I value most, so in this moment I'm going to keep choosing that, well, that just doesn't come natural to any of us. Now, the Apostle Paul, who became a follower of Jesus in the first century and then began to write letters to Christians and churches that he started all over the known world at the time, well, he wrote a letter to Christians in the region of Galatia. This was a letter that circulated among a lot of churches in that area. And in this letter, he describes this conflict. He describes this problem. He describes what happens to all of us if we just follow the flow and go along with whatever we naturally want. And what amazes me about this is he wrote it 2,000 years ago, but he could have been describing you and he could have been describing me. It sounds just like what we deal with today. Here's what he said. He said, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, this was a term he used, the results are very clear. Now, the reason he used sinful nature, and you may disagree with this, but just hang with me for a minute. The reason he used sinful nature is because Paul was convinced the reason we have conflict inside of us, the reason choosing what's most valuable to us is never natural to us, is because our human nature is broken. That we have a bent, if you will, a natural bent, always be in the direction of what we want and not what we really want. Paul taught and Paul believed that we are programmed for self-sabotage. That because our sin nature, our human nature is broken now, that everything in us wants to veer towards what's immediate over what's ultimate. What's now over what's most valuable. And he says when you live your life just letting that pre-programmed sinful nature in you lead you wherever you're going to go. Well, he says the results are pretty clear, and they are pretty clear. As a matter of fact, I bet if I told you hit pause and write a list of the different behaviors that you think Paul's going to list when he talks about us going with the flow of our own human nature, well, I bet your list would look very similar to Paul's. As a matter of fact, I bet your life may resemble, at least your past life may resemble a lot of this list. Here's what Paul said. He gives us a list. He says, well, it's going to lead, your pre-programmed sinful nature is going to lead you straight to sexual immorality, to impurity, to lustful pleasures, to idolatry and sorcery, to which you go, okay, well, finally, I, I missed two. You know, I haven't done idolatry and sorcery. Well, 
Let me define it as Paul was thinking about it. You know what idolatry is? Idolatry is simply when you put things before God or things before people. Anybody done that? Well, of course we have. We all have. You know what sorcery is? Sorcery is when you try to manipulate and control God or people. Well, we're guilty there, aren't we? He goes on. He says, how about hostility, quarreling, jealousy? Guilty as charged, aren't we? As a matter of fact, this jealousy thing is so disturbing, isn't it? Because we've all had this moment where we heard about something bad that happened to someone, an unfortunate incident, a setback, and there was a party deep inside of us that broke out the minute we heard it. And it bothers us, doesn't it? It's kind of like, whoa, 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 where'd that come from? And you want, you want to leave that party back in the back room, don't you? You don't want it to get to the front door, so you try to hide it so your face doesn't show, and you don't want it to be expressed in your words, but you know the whole time you're going, that's so terrible, I, I hate to hear that about them. You, you know deep down inside there's this little thing in you going, I'm so glad that happened to them because I didn't want and they didn't deserve. And, I mean, it's an ugly thing in us, but we've all experienced it, haven't we? Paul said, well, that's part of that sinful nature in you. It's hard to describe why we keep doing these things if there's not the sinful nature there. He goes on with his list. He says, outburst of anger. Well, there's been plenty of that in the last year. Selfish ambition, dissension, division. We're seeing that all around us, aren't we? And then he concludes his list with envy, drunkenness, wild parties. And then I love this. He puts other sins like these, which is his way of saying, hey, you just fill in the blank. I could keep making a list, but you get the point. What Paul's driving at here is what we naturally want, what's all reflected on that list. But there's nothing on that list that you want to be known for, is there? There's nothing on that list that you ultimately want. There's nothing on that list that you actually value, me either. So why in the world do we keep making choices that lead us down a road that we don't want to be on? Why would we continue to choose behaviors? Think about this. Choose behaviors that aren't even in our own best interest. Paul said, it's because you've got a broken sin nature. You have a natural bent to do these things. There is a conflict inside of you between what you want and what you really want. And so if you want to grow and become the kind of person that you hope to become in the next year, if you want to change the things about yourself that you've thought, boy, I hope this year I can, I hope this year I will, and I'm going to work on this this year. Well, you've got to figure out not how to have a better plan, not how to have better habits. I mean, those things are important, but there's plenty of information out there. Information is not our problem. You've got to figure out how to deal with and win the conflict inside of you between what you want now and what you want most. So what do you do? Well, James, the brother of Jesus, he wrote about this too in a letter to Christians. And he gives us some really, really practical advice to remember and to consider. But first he describes in his own way what Paul just described. He describes what happens to all of us. Here's what James wrote. He said, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away. I love this visual. When they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. This was James' way of saying, there you were. And you decided what you valued most, and you decided the kind of person you wanted to be, but she came along, and she dragged you away. It's not because she was bad. She just wasn't moving in the direction of what you valued most, and she distracted you. He came along. He just dragged you away. I mean, you decided this is going to be what's important to me, but then some opportunities came along, and it, they dragged you away. 
You, you decided this is what I value and I'm going to make sure the people around me know and I'm going to make sure I make decisions based on that. This is going to be important to me this year. And then you got busy or you had a chance to make money and you got so consumed making the extra money. Just dragged you away. Or your hurt, your anger, your disappointment. Those distractions that came along. They just dragged you away. This is James' point. Isn't it so true? I mean, we've watched this happen in the lives of people around us who have said, I'm going to focus on this. This matters most to me. And then they got dragged away and distracted by other stuff. But the reality is it's happened to you and me too. Sometimes we're just the last ones to realize we're being dragged. But James says we're all going to be dragged away, and we're going to be dragged away to a predictable place. He says after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, once full grown, what gives birth to death? Now notice, it's not an immediate thing. If there was immediate death when we made these choices, if there was immediate pain, well, we'd stop making the choices. But this happens over time. James says you start getting distracted, you start getting dragged away, you start choosing what you want over what you really want. And over time, you find yourself in a place where your decisions, your choices have consequences. And they kill opportunities that you might have had. They kill relationships that you value. They kill your relationship with your heavenly father in the sense that suddenly you feel like, I'm so far away from him, I don't know what happened. James says there's a price to pay. It leads to a very, very predictable place, and it's a place none of us want to be. So he gives a warning. He says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Because it's easy to fall into this trap. It's easy to get deceived. It's not so obvious on the front end. We all think, well, I can do that and it'll be okay and I can do that, but I I can still value this. He says, no, no, no. Don't be deceived and get dragged away. High school students, don't be deceived into thinking that this season of your life, well, it's not going to matter and it's not going to impact the rest of my life. Don't fall for that. College students, don't fall for the trap of, well, I'm independent And so the choices I'm making now, they're not going to have consequences. I can do whatever I want to do. Well, yeah, but there's still consequences. And you're still moving in a very predictable path on a very predictable place. He's going, hey, single adults, do not be deceived into choosing short-term pleasure at the expense of potentially experiencing the long-term intimacy that you want to experience. Married adults, don't be deceived into thinking, well, I can choose that and focus on that and do that, and it's just going to be for a little while. And then it leads you, leads you to a future that you don't want with your spouse, with your kids, with your grandkids. Senior adults, don't be deceived into thinking, well, I've done a good job and I've been faithful and I've lived well all these years, so these last years don't matter so much, I can relax. No, no, no. He says don't be deceived because the last chapters of your life are the most important chapters you write. So don't be deceived into thinking the choices you make now, choosing the immediate over the ultimate, choosing what you want instead of what you really want. Don't be deceived into thinking that's not going to end up impacting the story that you're writing. That's not going to cause you to write some chapters that later on you wish you hadn't written and you wish weren't told. Instead, James says, I want you to remember this. Remember that every good and perfect gift is from above and it's coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who doesn't change like shifting shadows. This seems a little bit out of left field, but this is really important. Because what you really want, this is James' point, what you really want and what God wants for you, well, they are way closer than you think. They are. 
As a matter of fact, James says, would you just remember that every decision your heavenly father invites you into, it is a good and a perfect gift for you. He's always inviting you into a decision that is going to value the ultimate over the immediate. What you really want over what you just want now. And it's always what's best for you. But now this is what makes following Jesus so difficult. Because as you follow Jesus, you are constantly, and I'm constantly, confronted with his invitation to sacrifice what we want now in order to get what we want most. Following Jesus means I've got to deal with this conflict over and over again of, well, yeah, I value this, and I want to be known for this, and I want to be that kind of person, but right now what I really want is. And I've got to choose, am I willing to make some choices now that will potentially cost me what I want in the moment, but will give me what I ultimately value and want the most? This is the invitation Jesus gives us as we follow. And this is why following Jesus will make your life better and it will make you better at life. Because what he wants for you and what you really want for you, we're going to talk about this as we go throughout the series. It is far closer. It's far more alike than maybe you've ever imagined. Today, as we wrap up, I want to give you some homework, though. And the reason I'm going to give you some homework is because we can't move forward in this conversation unless we have good self-awareness. In other words, you need to know and I need to know. We need to be able to look in the mirror and go, okay, here's what's really going on in me. Here are the decisions I'm actually making. And here's where there is some misalignment between what I say I really want and what I actually want now. Between what I say I value and what my actions and behaviors and decisions are saying I value. So, I want to give you three questions. And I want to encourage you to spend some time this week reflecting on these. Because self-awareness is so important in this journey. You can't change and get where you want to go unless you know where you are now and why you got there. So if you'll reflect on these questions, and better yet, if you'll talk about them openly and transparently with your small group or with a friend or family, this is going to help you a lot as we begin this process of figuring out how to get what we really want this year. Questions are these. First of all, what do you really want? In other words, you may have not thought about this, and we'll talk more about this next week, but what do you really want? What do you really value? What's really important to you? You need to figure out what that is. Secondly, what's dragging you away from that? Maybe it's the thing that people keep coming to you and saying, hey, are you sure about that? Or I wish you would change and you should really consider and that's not wise and you keep resisting. Or it's the thing that internally, you know, I probably shouldn't, but you keep convincing yourself you should. I mean, what are the things? We've all got things. What are the things dragging you away from what you really want? And then the third question is this. How long? How long do you plan to let what you naturally want drag you away from what you ultimately want? How long are you going to keep making decisions that are not in your long-term best interest? How long are you going to keep making decisions that are at odds with what God wants for you? How long are you going to keep making decisions that are taking you in a direction you actually don't want to go? You just going to wait another year? Another five years? You're going to wait until you have kids? You're going to wait until you get married? You're going to wait until the kids are out of the house? I mean, how long do you plan on waiting until you change and deal with this tension, this conflict? The longer you wait, the worse it gets. The longer you wait, the more chapters in your story you write that ultimately, you know this, you're going to look back and wish you hadn't written those chapters and wish no one read the chapters. 
So you've got to decide, what do you really want? What is it dragging you away? And then how long until you change? Now, here's the great news. I don't care how far down the road you've gone of this is what I want and I've ignored what I really want. I don't care how big of a mess you've made of your life. I don't care how much damage you have created. You can change. It's possible to change. You can change. This year can be the beginning of a very different story for you. Your story can turn. Your story can improve. Your story can change. You really can get what you really want. And we'll pick it up right there talking about how to do that in a really practical way next week in episode two of this series. Let me pray for us. Father, this conflict in us, it's something we all know we have, and yet at the same time, it's something, if I'm honest, I don't want to deal with it. I don't think any of us want to deal with it. We just want to ignore it and keep doing what we want. So would you help us to gain some clarity and have the wisdom to know what we really want and to be able to have the wisdom to see what's dragging us away from that and help us to have enough courage to be honest with ourselves about what's going on and about what needs to change. And then as we go throughout this series, give us the encouragement, give us the support, give us the wisdom to change so that we can get what we really want. And what we're going to discover is that's actually what you want for us all along. So we're so grateful, as James reminded us, that you want the best for us. Help us to discover and figure out what that looks like over the next few episodes. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey Callaway app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church, be sure to visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.